and welcome back to Inside Voice, your podcast from voicesummit.ai. This year's Voice Summit is taking place in Newark, New Jersey this July, and we've still got plenty of tickets and sponsor slots if you want to get involved. So head over to voicesummit.ai to get all of that information. I'm your host, James Poulter, and on this week's episode, we speak to Ian Utili, who founded the event series Future of Voice and regularly speaks on the topic around the US. Ian and I were speaking at the Alexa conference, and I've given you some of the highlights of that conversation here on the show this week. But of course, if you want to find out more from Ian, there's one thing that you can do to make sure you're going to get that opportunity. Head over to voicesummit.ai to get your tickets, and you'll be able to hear more from him at the event in July in Newark. Okay, over to my conversation with Ian Utili from Future of Voice at the Alexa conference earlier this year in Chattanooga, Tennessee. In this conversation with Ian, I first started off by asking him a little bit about his family history. He is 20 generations deep into the history of San Jose, and we started out by having a conversation about why that mattered. The kings, the queens, the princes and princesses never intended to live there. It's for their great, 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 great grandkids. And it would be very helpful if people with future tech had some type of mentality of trying to cast vision to build things of significance that went beyond their own personal benefit, but was trying to castle build. So that's kind of the mentality around a hundred year vision. Intergenerational kind of Absolutely. Um, strategies. Yeah. Uh, kind of for the forecast. And it may be easier for me to contemplate that because I think a lot of how ancestors that like founded San Jose, it's like, okay, what's happened in the last 250 years since that has happened in our family? And okay, well, if all that's happened in our family for 250 years, what can the next 250 be like? Right. I like that. And Ian, how do I pronounce your surname so I get it right? Yeah, Utility. Utility. Yeah. Cool. Like utility, but not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, utility. just like that. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm here at the Alexa conference. Uh, we're on day one of the conference, meeting all sorts of really interesting people. And one of those interesting people that happened to stop by the booth is Ian Utili from Future of Voice. Ian joins me today. How are you doing, Ian? Wonderful. That's always good. Because it's not just like, oh, this is cool. My ancestor founded San Jose. I think it matters because as a descendant of a great leader that founded San Jose, founded the Presidio in San Francisco, and built multiple generations that really ran California for a very, very long time. I think of him, Lieutenant Rog, as the first great entrepreneur of the Silicon Valley. The reason why it matters is when I think back what our family has accomplished in the last 250 years, it gives me that castle building mentality. Like, I don't just think about what tech I want to build this year, or what company I want to develop this decade, or what I want my kids to become like. Like, I legitimately think about my children's, 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 children, because it's part of my family narrative. And that's why the heritage I think matters most is it positions me to think about castle building. You know, and you and I were talking about that, you know, for a long time, kings and queens would build castles for 500 years. They would never live in them and they had a long-term vision. I'd love to see people in tech, people in voice. One of the things that comes up often in our discussions around the office, on the podcast, 
podcast and certainly will come up this year at Voice in Newark is around merger and acquisition. Right now, everyone is playing nicely in the space and there's an awful lot of things going on. But in recent weeks, we've seen multiple companies, including some of our previous sponsors, be acquired or merge with other companies. And so I asked Ian a little bit about what his thoughts were on how much longer everyone can keep playing nicely in this space. Here's Ian Utilly. The quick turn and make a win, uh, make a quick buck now. That's great. Well, I guess if I could say one thing, it's about unlimited abundance. A lot of people have a false belief that there's a pie. They have to get as much pie as they can, and the pie they get takes away pie from others, but it doesn't matter because they're winning. So that's not really true. There's basically unlimited pies. So I think the, what we need to think about for the future of voice is there's probably not a single competitor in the voice space. So even companies that are building almost identical SaaS products, or even strategy firms that are you know, basically laying out very similar strategies. They don't compete, or they shouldn't think of themselves as competitors, but as collaborators. This industry is so new, and there's so much promise and so much abundance, because what happens when voice becomes an operating system is it unlocks people that can't read, people that can't write, people with no education, but the ability to communicate in some language that a technology can understand and communicate back with them, all of a sudden they can be productive, whether they're building a company that goes IPO, or they are just helping the elderly yeah. or helping their chi- or helping children or providing some sort of gap that a human being needs to provide in the ecosystem of technology. Because it's almost instinctive, right? Yes. It's the thing that you learn to do before you touch, type, and swipe. And I think that's, that's right. where voice has some real potential. You, Pete Erickson and I, um, who founded Modev, as many of you know behind the, the Voice Summit, um, you know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago around you know, this space feels so much more collaborative mm. because it's nascent kind of quality. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it feels a lot to me like the early days of social media, the right. early days of mobile apps where everyone wants to kind of play nice. Yes. But yeah, how much longer can that realistically be expected to continue? Are we, you know, we going to see a lot of M&A activity in the next few years that's going to kind of kill all of that entrepreneurial spirit? That's or good. Do you hold some slightly different, more you know, kind of utopian view of it? Well, I'm not a utopist, if that's even a word. <laughs> Because you can coin one. Because I don't believe in either a utopic or a dystopic future. I believe the future is what we make it, and I believe it's dangerous to constantly consume things like Black Mirror and Electric Dreams and Altered Carbon and Blade Runner and Terminator. It's certainly more. Now hold tight, folks. If you are already inundated with buzzwords here on the podcast, it's about to get a little bit worse. One of the other things that Ian and I spoke about was whether or not there's an opportunity with decentralized technology like, get ready for the buzzword, blockchain, to help actually build new types of experiences. And well, what's the connection with voice anyway? Ian has a particularly fascinating experience in this area, working with lots of blockchain-based companies and decentralized systems, and he's got some thoughts on it. Here's Ian's thoughts on decentralized systems and voice. Voice is an operating system. It's all the auth- it's all the transparency, it's all the different things of people, things being no more secrets, but voice as an operating system allows allows us to communicate with tech at the speed of thought, allows us to get things done, especially when you combine smart contracts. All of a sudden, with your voice, you can say one thing and seven things happen. So the reason why I think people can be collaborative long-term and not competitive, now there will be the people that just, they just hate everybody. <laughs> they just want to kill everybody and win. They're wartime CEOs. No big deal. That's a certain personality, and that's cool. And, and those people do extraordinary things because of that take. But I think a lot 
lot of people will prefer the complementing each other, collaborating with each other, because there is so much opportunity that gets unlocked in our lives and businesses when we can use our voice as, an oper- as the operating system, that it won't be about, oh, I got I to gotta beat that company. It'll be about, we can both win, and if we enjoy each other, we're both hustlers, we're both kind, we both are making things happen, we could maybe win side by side. So I actually believe in more collaboration, more compliment, because Voices and OS is going to open opportunity for everybody's businesses in a way that we have not yet seen. So there's three categories that I think of new tech. Now I know it's not exhaustive, but I think of distributed ledgers or blockchain or whatever you want to call it, not cryptocurrency, which is just an application, but blockchain, the third party distributed ledger. That's one. Two, artificial intelligence, machine learning, neural language processing, whatever you want to call it. Three, voice as an operating system. So the reason why I think of those three in combination is machine learning and artificial intelligence is already implemented and a lot of people are concerned about what's going to happen with it. Like Elon Musk scares the hell out of me. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, that's so scary. I hope he's wrong. I'm, I'm like, at least he's trying to mitigate risk. Let's go to Mars. So then there's blockchain. I think blockchain or distributed ledger will hold technology accountable first and hold people accountable second. We need AI and machine learning to be held accountable. We actually need that. So I really love that as a safety net. So I see distributed ledgers and blockchain as good for all humanity, all the world. I see voice as an OS as good for every single individual person. Like if you stop and you think about the most impoverished areas in the world, these people that cannot read, cannot write, they cannot communicate, they haven't even gone through elementary school, but they can definitely understand when somebody speaks and they can speak and make sense. And you all of a sudden allow a human being that was basically a prisoner of to 50 cents a day in some jacked up country. And now all of a sudden they get access to voices and OS that understands their language and their dialect. And then you give them the ability to be productive. It's not that they get to make $5 an hour instead of 50 cents a day. It's that their life will be productive. They will be a, they will be benefiting all of humanity. That happens because of voices and OS But Voices in OS doesn't matter if it's not hinged to AI and machine learning, which is what we're talking with. And that's scary if it's not held accountable to a distributed ledger that is has smart contracts, says this is what is and is not acceptable. So that's how I that's how I view the holistic kind of deep tech, new tech stuff. So you want democratization of the data layer through the smart contract blockchain kind of system. You want democratization of the access to that through the AI and the ML. And then you want the the democratization of the interface through voice. Yes, and voice is individualistic. Blockchain is worldwide. It, you know, so that, yes, you nailed it. That, that's how I feel. One thing that I'll say is I don't necessarily believe in decentralized autonomous organizations because it's so far from capitalists that I think capitalists say they want a DAO, but I don't think they'll actually take it to the end. Yeah, it's so what, hard to make that leap. It's hard. So what I do believe in is a quasi-decentralized company because you can do 
do things that are autonomous, are decentralized, are still capitalist. So I'm very excited to see in the next 25 years how capitalists find ways of compromising and letting certain things be decentralized, certain things be autonomous, still have some, you know, individualism and allow them to capitalize on what they create. So that's another thing that I think a lot about is that people say, oh, we're creating a DAO, oh, we're a DAO. And I always think to myself, like, eh, probably not. You're probably, whether you're a decentralized, you know, whether you're in the blockchain space, the AI space, the voice space, you're probably not creating a DAO, but you're probably creating something that's more holistic. And that's kind of how I think of tech in general. Now, we all want to predict the future, right? Well, one of the predictions that we often look to is science fiction and even the world of comic books like the Jetsons or the AI that we see in Jarvis and Iron Man. One of the things I asked Ian about was when we look to the very far future, say 20 to 25 years away, not just in the next 18 months, how far is it going to take us and how long will it take to get to that version of the future? I try to think about my kids. So I have two boys, six and nine. And the my father has been a contractor, a builder for almost 50 years. He's one of the great architects. Like he has an incredible mind for building. But then I look at my six and nine year old and I look at how they do Minecraft. And I think to myself, okay, my dad has built a thousand custom homes with his company over the years. My kids have built thousands and thousands and thousands of what would be equivalent to a custom home in the Minecraft ecosystem. And then I think, could it be that my six and nine year old are better architects than my 67 year old father? Is that possible? Then you project out 25 years and you say, okay, right now we augment transportation with a car that we drive, which is very strange that we would drive a car. Like human beings were necessarily meant to like use two feet and hands on a steering wheel. Pretty soon cars will drive us. Okay. So right now we augment our sight with glasses. Like you have cool looking glasses. You too. Thank you. In the near future, on one side, your glasses will be a supercomputer. Your glasses will be augmented reality. On the other side of your glasses will be the microphone, the camera, and you'll be just walking naturally in life and you'll go into augmented reality when you want to and you won't when you don't want to. I think a big thing that will happen in the future, 25 years out, is micropayments. So for instance, let's say that you're with your grandkids 25 years from now and you're looking at something amazing, right? So you you see something beautiful. Let's say it's a sunset and you say, uh, you know, Jarvis or whatever you call your thing, (laughs) take a time lapse and go ahead and send that to my wife and tell her that I'm thinking about her. You'll have two options. You'll have an option that will cost you a half a penny and then half a penny will send it to your wife privately and nobody else can see it. You have an option that will pay you 10 cents or 10% of a penny if you share it. I think the future has a lot to do with figuring out ways that people can do everything through micropayments and not only through micropayments, but also have ways where they can be monetized or they can monetize a platform. And I think everything will be very automated. It'll just be very natural through your voice. I don't think in 25 years we'll be thinking. I don't believe that Neuralace technology is going to be a consumer product because I don't think people are willing to put tech physically inside of their body, but they'd be happy to wear glasses. They'd be happy to wear, wear hearables, wearables, 
whatever. So 25 years out, I think that we live in a world where we say something and it happens automated and everything for the most part has one of two financial paths, a micropayment that costs you something for private data transfer and a micropayment that pays you something smaller, but something of significance for data sharing. Ian and I were speaking at the Alexa conference a couple of weeks ago in Chattanooga, Tennessee, before the acquisition made by Spotify of Anchor. And one of the things that Ian and I spoke about was the potential for live streaming platforms and giving content creators access to the ability to live stream audio in a new way. Ian's pretty bullish on this proposition and sees it as potentially one of the big future applications of voice technology, live audio streaming. And we spoke a little bit about why he sees this as an opportunity compared to the attention that is required of video platforms, both for consumers and for creators. So when you play video, even if it's not a bandwidth issue, it takes up your energy. Like it's trying to gravitate your eyes. So you can't do something else. Right. It's an attention hog. So I think that audio is not. And I think people desperately desire that FOMO thing, the fear of missing out, which I think is lame, but it's still embedded in people. And they love the idea of listening or watching live. If this event was being live streamed through Anchor, which I don't think Anchor does live streaming, but if they did, and this event was being live streamed through Anchor to all the different sites, and if Spotify and if iTunes and if SoundCloud had a live streaming element, and this event in the ballroom, at least, if not all the workshops were being live streamed, you would have this one event go viral because people are like, this is amazing. I'm hearing what's going on right here, right now. So I think it's twofold. One, it's super hard to make video content. And that is the element. It doesn't matter if it's free. It just takes too much damn time. And two, it just demands too much of you to watch. And that's why I think live audio is a big winner in the future. And if you can figure out how to compensate people for great and great content so they don't put out crap so they put out great content by saying hey if you put out great content people engage and we compensate you like a spotify model kind of a profit sharing of sorts and if people that are watching and giving their attention have a way of also benefiting i think you got a huge a huge winner and that will lead to down the road maybe decade maybe decades where all of a sudden it becomes normalized for everything to be micro payments and for everybody to be basically compensated for their data i don't think facebook's going to do it I think if they did, they would win, but I don't think they're going to. And I can't imagine one of the other big organizations doing it. You never know. Maybe Twitter thinks about thinks about doing it. You know, they failed on Periscope. I mean, I don't want to say that rudely, but, you know, they're certainly not winning the live streaming game. Maybe they could win the live audio streaming game. That was my conversation with Ian Utilly, who runs The Future of Voice, as well as being entrepreneur in residence for many companies in Silicon Valley and across the US. If you want to find out more about Ian, you can get him pretty much everywhere on social media, just at Ian Utilly. He's pretty prolific. Go hunt him down. And Ian will be back with us to talk more about the future of voice at Voice Summit in Newark this July. If you've not got your tickets yet for Voice Summit, well, there's still time to do it. And we're also still looking for a few sponsors if you're interested. submissions are also open and you can find all of the information about that over at voicesummit.ai and you can find the rest of this podcast amongst many other things over on our social feeds that's voice summit ai pretty much wherever social media comes to you now then we've got a few things i need you to do one go get a ticket i think we've covered that two why not like and subscribe to the podcast you can do that on anchor or pretty much any other platform including apple Podcasts, spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts 
And while you're there, while you're subscribing, well, why not hit the like button? Give us some five stars, maybe leave a review. It really helps other people find the podcast. I've been your host, James Poulter, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Inside Voice, the podcast behind voice, summit.ai. See you then.